reading today is from the uh, second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 6 to 15, which is on page 1163 of the Pew Bibles, page 1163, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I guess you've probably worked out what the subject is. (laughs) We've been, as a church, we've been going through for the last few weeks, some things that you should do and some things that you should not do and uh, as Christians, and particularly as how we might show the love of Christ through our church, into our local community, and onto our front lines where we exist when we're not within the walls of this building. And today we come to the idea that we should act generously. Now, I contemplated how I could practically sort of get you to understand this idea. Um, And I came upon this idea. Now, at the end of the service, there'll be a large container um, by the door marked Gifts for David Willis, in which you can empty your pockets, your purses and wallets to show your generosity towards me. No? Okay, well, it's worth a try. Now, one of the first things that struck me about generosity is that generosity is not an exclusive Christian grace. 
There are many generous people in the world. We meet them every day. There are those who we just come across, don't we? My wife works for uh, a company and her boss is so generous. He, he just gives. He, one of their um, guys had a gambling problem. He not only went arranged for him to go to Gamblers Anonymous, he actually went with him. He's helped people in so many ways by giving them money, by paying for counselling for them, all sorts of things. And um, we get people, just think of, we've been thinking a lot about Toby this morning, but that gift on social media, how that money was raised, £22,000 in but two days, was it? Amazing. That, and some of those people would have been Christian, some of them wouldn't. And so it's not necessarily a Christian grace. I'm sure you can think of many well-known philanthropists. You might say, what on earth is one of those? Someone said, is that a stamp collector? I said, no, not quite. Um, a philanthropist is a person who gives money or gifts to charities or helps needy people in other ways by giving time, energy, and expertise. I'm sure you could think of some examples of that. Am I booming because of this or not? No, I'm just booming. Okay. <laughs> I, can, I can hear it coming back. Um, yeah, so we can think of modern-day people, um, Bill and Melinda Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, people like that who some of us older people wouldn't have heard about, but you know, all the youngsters, they know all about these people, something to do with Facebook and all that sort of stuff. And they give thousands of pounds away. Some of the older ones here might remember somebody like Andrew Carnegie, who was a philanthropist back in the 19th century, an industrialist who was um, very forthcoming in, in giving money and time, etc., to people. And there are millions of people who do acts of charity, mainly unnoticed, every day, and they're not Christians. So what is it all about? Well, first of all, what do we mean by generosity? I think we're saying it's, the, the Cambridge English Dictionary says it's a willingness to give help or support, especially more than is usual or expected. Summed up on a fridge magnet like this. The habit of giving freely without expecting anything in return. But this morning we're looking at generosity from a Christian viewpoint. Asking what God has to say to us under the title of do act generously. So we have to ask how a Christian generosity is different from other great acts of generosity that we've already mentioned. What is the difference? And we're going to think about what God's word has to say to us about our call to generosity, our motivation for generosity, and our reward as a result of our generosity. So first of all, our call to generosity. You find that generosity is encouraged throughout the Bible. You can go back to Leviticus, which I think we were reading when we were thinking a couple of weeks ago about do look after the vulnerable. And Luke 25 verse 35 says, if one of your countrymen becomes poor and is unable to support himself among you, help him as you would an alien or a temporary resident 
so that he can continue to live among you. And Deuteronomy 15, 7 to 11 reminds us that there will always be poor in the land and tells us how we should be generous towards them. Psalm 37, King David speaks of generosity as being the mark of a righteous person, the one who lives as God desires. He says, the righteous give generously. And later on, they are always generous and lend freely. Paul sends a message to the rich in this present world at Ephesus in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 18, saying, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So you can see throughout the Bible, we are encouraged to be generous. And in the chapter in 2 Corinthians, before the one we read, 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 to 3, Paul speaks of the generosity of the Macedonian churches, saying, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. So Paul encourages the Christians at Corinth to mimic this generosity. He says, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. What did Jesus have to say about generosity? Well, we've already heard a little bit from the Sermon on the Mount this morning. And he talks there about giving to the needy. And he clearly expects us to be generous to others. But he gives a warning that we shouldn't do it to be praised and to receive recognition from others. But in chapter 5 of Matthew, verses 38 to 42, we get the idea of going a little bit further than we need to. Remember where Jesus speaks about going the extra mile. If someone says to you, I want you to go one mile with me, then go two. And if someone says, I want your tunic, give them your coat as well. We haven't got time to go into what that all means, but basically what Jesus is saying is do more than is necessary. Go over and beyond what you need to do. That's the sort of Christian generosity that we're talking about. And then Jesus moves on to call us to love our enemies. That is certainly beyond what can be expected of us, isn't it? To love our enemies, to love and pray for those who cause us trouble, for those we dislike, for those we find difficult. That's true generosity. So wherever we look in the Bible, God calls us to act generously. But the second thing and this perhaps is the most important thing, is what is our motivation for generosity? We've really been thinking about that a bit this morning, haven't we? Our motivation for generosity. Why are we being generous if we are? Why are the philanthropists, those who aren't Christians, being generous? I'm sure there's all sorts of reasons. Maybe it's because of their belief in humanity, their desire to do as they would be done to, to try and make the world a better place to live in. Possibly through guilt at having so much. Maybe they just like being nice. They just like helping other people. But what is our motivation as Christian believers for being generous, for acting generously? And surely, as we've already been reminded, it's a response to the generosity that has been shown to us in Christ. 
because we have been recipients of God's grace. In 2 Corinthians 8, the chapter before we had read to us, 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 8, Paul says that he's not commanding the believers to be generous. He says, I'm not commanding you to be generous, because that just wouldn't work, would it? It wouldn't be sincere, it wouldn't be generous. You know, there there are religious groups, religious sects and cults that demand that their members give a certain amount of money or time or resources, telling them it's an essential part of their efforts to be accepted by their God or gods. But as Christians, that is not what God says. In the following chapter, Paul makes clear how we should be giving to God. He says each person should give what they have decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God wants you to be generous because you want to be generous, not because he tells you to be. So our motivation, the NIV Study Bible puts it, the supreme and inescapable incentive for being generous is found in Christ himself. I'm not sure if we're allowed to have favourite verses in the Bible, but I'm sure we all have um, one or two that we particularly like. And one of mine is uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, where Paul writes, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And in Philippians 2, we're reminded how Jesus made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So when we come to Christ in humility and repentance, just remember what he does for us. He redeems us. He forgives us our sins. He makes us new. He saves us from an empty life and a lost eternity. He gives us an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. This is God showering us with his grace. This is God lavishing his grace upon us, giving us over and above anything we could ever earn or deserve. And however generous we might be, we can never match the generosity Christ has shown us. And this is our motivation to generosity. Through his abounding grace, God can allow each of us to abound in generous acts. As a church, we we can set up groups and rotors to, to be generous, to do things for other people to make sure people aren't missed and don't slip through the net. But maybe God is looking for a spontaneity. God is looking for a lifestyle that is marked by generous acts. Not because we're told to, but because it just flows out of us because of the generosity we've been shown by God through Jesus. So our call for generosity, our motivation for generosity, Our reward 
for our generosity. We all like rewards, don't we? We all like to get something, but it's not quite like that. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, it says, A generous person will prosper. The one who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. And another proverb, Proverbs 22, verse 9 says, A generous person will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Psalm 112 shows a godly person whose life is marked by generosity. And verse 5 says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Andrew Carnegie, who we mentioned earlier, said, No man becomes rich unless he enriches others. And Anne Frank is quoted as saying, No one has ever become poor by giving. So in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, Paul, probably quoting a well-known proverb, says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We always have to be a little bit careful here because we're not talking about prosperity gospel. We're not talking about God says, if you do this, 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 and this, then you'll become rich. You'll have big cars, you'll have big houses, you'll have everything that you need. This isn't what God is talking about here. But he is saying that if you are generous, you won't be poor. You won't be poor, as Anne Frank said. God is no man's debtor. God will never let us down. He may not make you rich, but some of the rewards that we will receive for our generosity, I love that one in, in, that we said in Proverbs 11.25, the one who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. If you're generous to others, others I'm sure will be generous to you. But even if they're not, it doesn't matter because God will reward you. But Paul didn't want the Corinthians to give so much that they became hard-pressed that they became burdened or or unable to cope. He tells us that in 2 Corinthians 8, verses 13 to 15. But he said the reason why he wants people to be generous is so that there might be equality in the church. As in the early days of the church, we're told that all the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as they had need in Acts 2. 44 and 45. And then in Acts 4, 32 to 35, we read that all the believers were one in heart and mind. They shared everything they had. There were no needy persons among them. And that's what is behind Paul's idea here. He wants people to be generous so that there's an equality, so that there's not an imbalance. So there's not some people who've got loads and loads of money in the church and others who who are really struggling. He's not saying you should all become poor. He's saying you should be generous to each other so that you can all enjoy God's goodness. But what should we say in conclusion? What can we say about this matter of generosity for us here in Trull today? Well, I think there are four things that I want to leave with you. 
The first is that we need to do something. Our title says, do act generously. In other words, do something. Quoting Andrew Carnegie again, he says, the older I get, the less I listen to what people say and the more I look at what they do. They say actions speak louder than words, and often they do, don't they? It's about cultivating a right attitude, but it's also about action. Don't just talk about love, show it by your actions. That's my paraphrase of 1 John 3.18. So generosity, it's not just about money, it's about time. It's about a listening ear. It's about doing something practical. People have been so good in so many ways here in this fellowship. It's about using what God has given us to benefit others. We've all got something that we can give. We may not be able to give loads of money, but we might be able to give a little bit of time. We might be able to help somebody. We might be able to give a lift to hospital. There are all sorts of things where we can be generous. So we do actually need to do something. The second thing is that we need to recognize something. And that is there is much being done already in this fellowship already. There is already a lot being done. As I was thinking about this, I thought of Julie and her workers who give up so much to provide the Christmas meal. That's incredible, isn't it? Those who give up so much time to work in the Hive Cafe day after day. Just think about the church and the community centre, how that was built on the generosity of God's people here. So amazingly, people gave sacrificially to the glory of God. Plus, there are so many acts of kindness and generosity that are being carried out constantly throughout this church, in the village, on our front lines and beyond. So we need to recognize something. But we also need to remember something. And that is to carry on what we are doing, but to do it better, as Adrian has encouraged us recently. Carry on what we're doing, because there are so many generous acts already out there, but to do it better. Something to be wary of. We should never be generous with an ulterior motive. Our generosity should be a genuine expression of God's love. If it draws people to experience the love and salvation of, of Christ, that's fantastic. But even if they don't respond and see Christ in what we're doing, we should still carry on doing it. Because that should be our Christian nature. Living out Christ's love in the community where he has placed us. And then, that's five actually, I said four, this is five, I can't count. Something to take away, something to take away. The words of John Wesley. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. 
And my final, finally, I promise. Paul says that the Corinthian believers gave themselves first to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 8, verse 5, they gave themselves first to the Lord. And surely that is the secret. If we give ourselves firstly and fully to the Lord, then this generous spirit will follow. This generosity that surrounds us because of who Christ is, because of what Christ has done, because of what he calls us to do. He calls us to follow him. And if we give ourselves first to the Lord, recognize his generosity, we probably won't be able to help ourselves being generous to others. Amen.